You choose Columbus Business First every week to give you the inside industry intelligence for nearly every business sector in Central Ohio. And Columbus Business First chose Crate Media as its official podcast partner for its unique show, Women of Influence, now 70 episodes strong. With 4 million shows, hundreds of millions of listeners, and industry advertising revenues approaching $4 billion, podcasting is the fastest-growing audio medium in the U.S. From law to medical, construction to automotive, retail to real estate, every brand has a story. Let Crate Media help tell yours. Visit crate.media slash CBF to learn more about how we can help while receiving a free one-hour casting session with our expert producers, which will help to uncover and shape your company's branded podcast. To learn more about sponsoring Columbus Business First Women of Influence podcast, please email Advertising Director Steve Hewitt at shewitt at bizjournals.com to get started. That's S-H-E-W-I-T-T at bizjournals.com. We don't typically hire straight out of the agency world. We'll bring in people from time to time that come with a business background that maybe bring something a little bit different than what you typically think of for a PR marketing agency. So we're pretty, you know, we cast a wide net in terms of the type of people that we recruit Mm -hmm. and their skills and background. From Columbus Business First, it's Women of Influence, an interview series showcasing some of the most inspiring women in the Central Ohio business community. Julie Granillo didn't expect to take the top job at Paul Worth Associates when she did. Her aunt and mentor, Sandy Harbert Ratchford, died this summer after decades running the family business. Just four years earlier, she'd suggested Julie, then living in Nashville, come back to Ohio and join her at Paul Worth. The Western native took her up on the offer, spent the ensuing years settling into a leadership role at the firm. Now she's running it, and while taking over came much faster than she wanted or hoped, Julie said she's excited about the team she has and the work they're doing. In prepping for my interview with Julie, though, I was struck quickly by one of our main similarities, a shared history in Music City, USA. We kick things off by talking through her journey from Nashville to Columbus. I went to undergrad in Nashville. My senior year at Vanderbilt, I interned at St. Thomas Health, which is part of Ascension Health and their new ventures division, and got involved in launching a startup in the pharmaceutical space. We would take medications all throughout the pharmaceutical supply chain and redistribute those to charitable clinics and pharmacies that were serving the uninsured. Did that? We did that across the country. So I helped build that um, as a nonprofit uh, and grew that for about eight years before I was then recruited to come and work for another startup that had received uh, a bit of funding to help scale their operation and did a complete 180, got out of healthcare and got into the tech space. So it was uh, quite a change, but always kind of in the startup space. Well, and now it feels like you're doing something completely different yet again. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously you you have a family connection to the business, but tell me a little bit about what brought you back to Columbus. Sandy Harbrook Ratchford was our uh, president and CEO for 40 years. Sandy is my aunt. Um, Our company's founder, Paul Worth, was my grandfather. Sandy and I were always very close growing up. I was always kind of interested in the business, but while I was in Nashville, I was, you know, doing my own thing, was happy, had a great network, but would always kind of keep in touch with Sandy. She was really, honestly, I mean, obviously my aunt, but also a mentor. 
um, for me. And where I was in my career at the time, so back in 2019, was just kind of worn out on the startup space and was looking at what I wanted to do next. I was about to take a job offer to work for a consulting firm. And Sandy just happened to be visiting Nashville. And uh, we were just chatting about the business as usual. And I was asking her about some of the clients that the firm was working with. And all of a sudden, honestly, it just kind of hit me where I realized that, wow, this is the type of work that I think I could really enjoy and have an impact. Um, Particularly at the time, I think our Uh, We had just started working with the Ohio Opioid Education Alliance, which brought me back to my roots in social services and healthcare, and it was just very, really appealing to me. And so for the next several months, we talked a lot and obviously talked with my husband, (laughs) and we decided to pick up and move and and kind of take a take a leap of faith and move to Columbus and come up here to join the company. While Julie had a strong familial connection to Paul Worth and the city, picking up and moving to a new place can be daunting for anyone. And the time she made the move proved particularly challenging. Well, it was tough. So I, I, we moved here at the end of 19 and then the pandemic came in March. Sandy and I certainly had plans to go out and meet people and all of that. That was, you know, we were on unable to do that. Uh, On a personal level, we became very close with our neighbors, uh, (laughs) which was fantastic, honestly. And I think that, you know, having that foundation at home, I think is really valuable. We've made really wonderful friends right on our street, I think, because of the pandemic. Um, And now moving into kind of beyond that. And as you know, now in my new position, I mean, I've am meeting so many people and uh, it's just, I'm so grateful for, you know, people that are even, you know, willing to meet with me and chat and so many people have been so helpful. And I really love Columbus. I grew up in Worcester and being in Nashville, I, I don't know, I feel like coming back to, or coming to Columbus, it's just been it's great. I feel like these are our, my people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a Midwesterner at heart, so it feels like being home here. Yeah. We really love it. Although Sandy was the one who suggested Julie move to Columbus, succession planning wasn't exactly the focus of the conversation. Here's how Julie describes their working relationship over the past few years. Um, yes and no. Sandy was always, you know, she never put pressure on me, even before. You know, in her way, she... She always made it known that the opportunity were there if I wanted it, but she never put pressure or even, I don't even know if she ever directly asked me to come. (laughs) Um, So when I joined, you know, she gave, for the first year it was, you know, there was, that was kind of the expectation. Um, But she always made it known there was an out and she would check in with me and ask me and, you know, I pretty much knew when I was there, I just really loved it. I loved the people, and that was right before the pandemic, too. But I loved our team, the work. I could see myself doing it. Um, and I was, I, 
was really invested. So it took about a year, but I was ready to take it on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when did you officially move into the role that you're in now? I became president and CEO in June. A few months prior to that, was named president. My kind of ascension to taking over, or ascent to taking over the firm was, you know, happened more quickly than we expected with mm -hmm. Sandy's diagnosis. So she was diagnosed in 2021 with cancer. And so it happened much more quickly than I think, you know, I had anticipated or she had anticipated. But, you know, she used to say it was funny. She would always say she just loved the work so much. And she would always say that she just wanted to leave it all out on the field. And so when I joined, you know, I thought she would be there for a solid 10 years or so. So obviously it was unexpected, but fortunately she just set me up in the best possible situation in terms of the team that she built that's you know there we have an amazing advisory board all of the incredible relationships she has in the community people have just been so incredibly kind and supportive our clients have been wonderful and so i really am truly grateful and humbled that you know, I, I really feel like we're I'm set up in the best possible situation. Well, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I know that she was clearly a, a titan of the Central Ohio business community. So, yeah, she really was. She was wonderful. The months since Sandy's death have been tough ones for the firm and for Julie. She's still shaping her vision for what comes next, but she's confident she's got the right team in place. Julie comes to PR as a bit of an outsider, given her experience in the health and startup worlds. I asked her what misconceptions people might have about the world of public relations. Well, what do you, this kind of piggybacks off that, perhaps what are some, this may be just because I'm a journalist, I think, to ask this, but what are some misconceptions about the PR world? What if people get wrong about what you do? Oh, you probably know them all. <laughs> <laughs> that it's all about spin, mm -hmm. you know, that it's all about spin. I don't feel that way, and I don't think our, our team feels that way at all. I mean, we... I mean, the way we work, particularly if you look at, you know, some of our crisis work, we help organizations through crises. And a lot of that work is helping them make the right decisions before, during, and after a crisis, just in terms of the right decisions for their employees, for their, you know, other stakeholders, for their shareholders, people in the community and we help them make those those choices and so you know I feel really really good about that and we help people tell their story I mean all of our clients have an interesting story and sometimes they just need help uncovering what that might be um, and so I think we do a, a really great job at that looking forward what are what are you most excited about that's going on at the firm right now well you know, honestly, I have to say, Eleanor, you know, Sandy passed away in June. So honestly, I've had I've had a lot of people ask, you know, what's your vision for the company? But right now, you know, we're we are rallying together. Going through something like this certainly brings a team together. We have a lot of great things going on, you know, with our clients. We're bringing on new clients. We have some really great kind of community initiatives that we're a part of. But in terms of the company itself, I mean, we have a great foundation. And so I'm just focused on kind of 
creating stability for the team and moving on from there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What? Uh, how big are you guys today? We have 18. Also, we have a few contractors that we bring on. So, Got it. I, I feel like one thing we cover a lot here across all industries is talent and the difficulties people have finding talent right now. What has been your experience at the firm? Have you struggled to to hire and where do you find the best people? Sandy made the very intentional decision about 10 years ago to hire mostly senior talent. So people on our team typically have about 10 years of experience or more. Part of that was to help with the turnover issue. You know, we, we love professional development and growing people, but I think it was kind of that constant revolving door of new graduates coming out. It's it's distracting and it's obviously costly. So we're very, very fortunate in that our, our we have very little turnover, so haven't had to deal with that a lot. The other piece that I think is interesting about our firm is that we don't typically hire straight out of the agency world will bring in people from time to time that come with a business background that maybe bring something a little bit different than what you typically think of for a PR marketing agency. So we're pretty, you know, we cast a wide net in terms of the type of people that we recruit mm-hmm. and their skills and background. Feels like you might be an example. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. How many hours a week would you say that you're working? Honestly, it's pretty reasonable. I think I work probably about 50 hours. I mean, the other piece of it too, I mean, you could argue, well, I'm always working mm-hmm. and as in our, in our business, because it's all about truly, it really is all about relationships. Um, and so, you know, I'm do a lot in the community and at the evenings and on weekends. And I try to minimize that as I can, because I also have two young boys at home. So yeah, I'd say about 50 hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly reading the news. I don't really count that time. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, in our world, did you need to- yeah. <laughs> technically, I suppose you could say that's yeah, part of the job. Yeah, it's all but- working. Yeah. What is your go-to way to unwind after a particularly stressful week? I love working in my garden, flower gardens. That's kind of my weekend thing if I have the time and I also love playing tennis and Mm -hmm. I play squash in the winter and I like the competition and being physical and that's how I unwind yeah that's great I wish I could garden. I've never, it just like doesn't appeal to me. At it's all, all trial and error. <laughs> you don't really need to know much. It's yeah. All yeah. I feel like I'm always intimidated by like, the, even the act of weeding is like overwhelming to me because I'm like, what? I don't know which one's a weed or not. I mean, um. that's how I unwind. I get, I will, my neighbors joke because I'll come home and I'll be like in my dress and heels and I can't <laughs> even, like, I can't make it in the door without just stopping and weeding mm-hmm. along the way. <laughs> I think that I, when we first moved back here, or back here, moved here, we lived in Harrison West and we had one of those like brick backyards. So, which initially I was like, this will be so great. We don't have to mow. And then it was just like weeds constantly Mm, coming up between the bricks. So I think I have PTSD about that experience Mm -hmm. and don't want to touch weeds ever. I get it. So, I get it. Well, you mentioned you read the news. Do you read for pleasure much or do you kind of turn your brain off? It's a lot. (laughs) I, I, I admit I'm more of a turn, turn your brain off. Although I did just start. 
I just start. I did just start reading The Godfather. Oh, I like that. That's a good book. <laughs> Based on a, uh, a recommendation of a friend, uh, it's kind of funny. So yeah, That's, I picked I, that up, which is fun. I assume you've seen the movies. Yeah, I've seen the movie. Well, I actually don't think I've seen them all. I've seen the first one. I've seen the first one, and I've like seen two like in pieces throughout my mm. life. But I read the book when I was like. In like eighth grade, which is probably too young to read The Godfather, <laughs> but I like really liked it, so I think yeah, you really enjoyed. Yeah, it's, it's good. I'm yeah. liking it. So that's fun. You'll learn important lessons about business, I guess. Or <laughs> I suppose. Surely there's something to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to go to the mattresses. Speaking of business lessons, I asked Julie to share her best advice. A couple things. I think it's so important just to just to meet as many people as you can. Um, especially when you're young, it's so easy to send an email, send a LinkedIn message and just say, I'm, you know, starting out in my career, would love to meet you just to learn about what you do, how you got to where you are. People love to talk about themselves. (laughs) And so usually it's met with open arms. And I think those people, the ones that you meet that are really smart, kind, you know, well respected those are the people you hang on to and you'll be surprised you you can kind of get get uh they'll bring you along for the ride a lot of times and you can learn a lot in that way that's one piece and then the other is just to not not be so concerned with having this plan you know back in nashville i did a lot with the university of vanderbilt and mentoring folks there and I I think there's just so much pressure to have this plan where are you going to be in five years and map out this career path and there's so many people who I've met where that is who are very successful where that was never how they got to where they were it was just through relationships people they knew you know asked if they would come work for them and you just kind of it evolve it can evolve organically and it's just so difficult to know, too, at that age, exactly what you want to do and where you want to be. And I mean, I'm s- still learning. I think we all are. So, yeah, well, I feel like that's very freeing also for somebody that yeah. coming out of college. Is sort of, the world's yeah. your oyster. Just- yeah, just get your that first job and then that buys you time. And again, get to know as many people as you can. Mm-hmm. Well, it was great getting to know you. So thank Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. And thanks so much to all of you for joining us as well. If you're not already, then follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll be notified of each new episode as it's released. Another huge thank you to Julie for joining us. I'm Eleanor Kennedy, Assistant Managing Editor of Columbus Business First, and this has been Women of Influence. Women of Influence.